And thanks to Cry Malt, welcome to Radio Brews News, the podcast that shows that while wine is a lecture, beer is a conversation. For a change, I'm not joined by my good friend and usual co-host, Pete Mitchum. We have both been very busy, what with Good Beer Week and all, and while we did manage to catch up and record a special edition live from Gabs, we weren't able to catch up uh, to intro this episode, so I will just have to wing it and fly solo. Today we're playing two interviews I recorded recently. First up, I'm speaking with Dave Benighton, usually the head brewer at Mountain Goat, but also recently appointed chairman of the Craft Beer Industry Association, and it's in that role that we speak with Dave today. We chat about a few things, but chiefly the CBIA's proposed new definition for craft beer in Australia, sure to generate plenty of discussion there. After that, we speak with Paul Vanderwaller, AB InBev's global brand brewmaster. Try saying that when you've had a beer or two. He was in Australia recently, and I had the chance to speak with him about what's involved in brewing some of the world's largest beer brands under licence in Australia. Before we hear that, those interviews, though, I need to pay for all of this and thank Cry Malt for making Radio Brews News possible. Although we're actually uh, plugging Beervana today. Held in Wellington on the 22nd and 23rd of August this year, Beervana is New Zealand's largest showcase of craft beer and brewing. If you didn't get enough at Gabs, or worse still, you didn't make it down to Good Beer Week in Gabs, head across the Dutch in August. Pete and I are both heading across, and you can be too, and at just 93 cents to the dollar, you're almost getting 10% more beer for your buck. Find your beer van in Wellington this August. Find out more at beervana.co.nz. There we go. Thank you very much to Cry Malt and Beervana for sponsoring us. And with those bills paid, let's chat with CBIA Chairman Dave Benighton. And yes, now I'm joined by Dave Benighton, who's the head brewer at Melbourne's Mountain Goat uh, Craft Brewery and also the chair of the Australian Craft Beer Industry Association. Dave, welcome back to Radio Brews News. Hey, hey Matt, thanks. Thanks for having me. Always good to chat. Mate, I, I guess we've, we've got a lot of uh, ground to cover today. First thing yeah. we wanted to, uh, before we went anywhere, I guess we should uh, remind people that uh, you have recently been elevated to the chair of the CBIA, um, replacing Brad Rogers, who was the uh, foundation chair. Congratulations on the new gig. Thank you, Matt. Thank, thank, thanks, thanks very much. I don't like the term elevation, though. We're a very egalitarian board <laughs> there. We're on the same page. We just have different tasks. Okay. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. You're the man who has all the responsibility at the moment, though. <laughs> we'll see about that, for okay. sure. And speaking of responsibility, the first thing we wanted to have a chat to you about today is the definition of craft beer. Um, yeah. The, the, the CBIAs have had a little bit of a think about you know, exactly um, what you define as craft beer, and you've come up with a new definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we really wanted we wanted to come up with, 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 with a definition, and we had a look around the world at what others had done. Obviously, in America, obviously the the the, the UK has been been wrestling with a, a definition for a, a, a while. And we kind of thought, a, it's, in Australia, it's really hard to draw lines around craft beer now because it's been been around for a while now, and it hasn't really really had a definition. Um, and we thought, well, you know, as a CBIA, why are we doing this? Why are we around? And why would we define craft beer? Like, what's what's the purpose of this? And at the end of the day, CBIA being a broad a broad church and wanting to 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 create an atmosphere that where all craft beer benefits 
where, where we hoped to be a rising tide for floating all boats. So it really just became a call to arms almost in a very broad term to say, well, here we are. Hopefully it's a definition that can, can grow as we grow as well. And, um, and that's really where it, it came from. Well, I guess put us out of our suspense. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's the uh, new definition for craft beer? All right, I want to get these words. I want to get these words right. So, so, so craft craft beer is born of a mindset, an idea between art and science that inherently requires the skill of a brewer. That's the end of it. Okay, so uh, craft beer is born of a mindset. So obviously, you're bringing in the there's an aspect of philosophy um, between it. It's not just, you, you can't just look in the li liquid. I guess you have to look into the, the heart and the mind of the, the person making it to see what their intent is. Yeah, yeah, well, look, the, the intention is, 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 is key. I think um, the liquid is very, is very, very key as, as, as well, though. Um, they're, they're, they're really linked, and it's really an intention um, to go beyond... I guess what most pe people consider beer, and I think we're really trying to get people who wouldn't necessarily drink craft beer to actually come on board. These 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 are the people we're 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 really targeting with, with this definition. I think us in the industry and as craft brewers, we all we all have have our own def definition, and I think each one of us would say, well, look, we know it when when we see it. But I think we all have 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 a different definition of that within our within our minds. So it's, this definition is really about us reach, re, reaching a broader audience and having a catch cry or or even a call to arms for others who wouldn't necessarily drink our beer. And nailing down a definition for craft beer is, as you said, you know you, you've looked around the world and you know various uh, beer jurisdictions have been struggling with it, and even. Yeah. The uh, American Brewers Association, which has long been seen as the, you know, champions of craft beer, um, yeah. they've got their three-pronged definition of independent, traditional, and small, um, and they've moved away a little bit, you know, from that idea of what traditional is. And you know, it used to be malt, yeah. wort, hops, and, and yeast was uh, the the key, um, and they've yeah. started to include, you know, even corn and rice and sugar yeah. um, as, yeah. as being legitimate forms of uh, craft beer. Yeah, which 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 I guess encapsulates the intent of the brewer from the start. So it's not so much about being strictly about hops, malt, yeast, or being or being big or being small. It's really much more about the intention or the mindset, as we call it. And what sort and of intention are you looking for? You know, the, the definition is a little bit um, nebulous in the sense uh, that, yeah. that you, you you can't just put a ring around a, a group of beers and say this is craft everything outside yeah. isn't yeah it's very hard look i mean that's a curly question and i guess that's where they that's where the intention then flows to, to to the idea between the art and the science i mean there's there's lots of beer out there i would say in 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 not only in australia but in the world that doesn't display a lot of art perhaps <laughs> I can be, you know, but you know, it's really these these beers are these beers are just punched 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 out with not much in, in, inspiration or, or or art behind them, and I guess that's where craft can really express that. That's the real real brewer's intention and passion 
Is that is that maybe the difference? You know, and and I know what you're saying. You know, you don't want to diss any beers because any beer that brings somebody pleasure is a good beer by that of measure of it. Of course. But yeah. I guess is is you know, are we looking at the difference between someone you know who's who's living in a donger on a mine um, site, you know, a, a shipping container that's been converted into a uh, you know a bedroom and an architect designed house provides the same function, but one yeah. can be you know executed with a little, little bit more um, you know artistic. Artistic endeavour, yep. um, creativity and craft, and I guess wanting to wanting to really expand on what and explore what beer can be. I guess a big question for me then is one of the things that um, you know the American fairly rigid definition of craft um, has done is it, it mm. is it has created a difference between. Um, a beer that's you know maybe um, brewed by uh, um, just trying to think of uh, who it is Miller Coors in the United States who um, have the Blue Moon um, that yeah. we've seen in Australia recently you know they, they make yeah. a, a a Belgian style wit um, yeah. very interesting beer but when you can pump that out in huge volumes uh, um, in in one of the same breweries that produces um, you know Coors which is uh, I guess no yeah. one's definition of craft beer. Um, yeah, you know, it makes it in the consumer's mind um, when you can pump out great volumes of a beer at, at a much lower cost because you've got the benefit of scale. Yeah. It makes it much harder for smaller guys who have traditionally been seen as the, um, you know, the, the definition of craft beer to compete yeah. on price and you know for the consumer to try and differentiate between two, to them fairly similar tasting beers and one has a you know a, a, a small brewery. Um, you know, crafting it, yep. and the other one is you know uh, a highly industrialised, mechanised uh, process, yep. making an equally good beer. How, how how are small brewers able to maintain their price their, their their price difference? I think for, from from an industry organisation point of, of view, from CBO's point of view, we take we take the the, the stand that if these guys are helping to convert pe people away from the, the mainstream. Yellow fizzy lager and onto our our, our beers, then then that as for, for for the industry that helps helps us. So I think we can still com compete in 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 that way, and in that way it becomes the liquid becomes important. Even even if you go back and you try a Blue Moon or a Shop Top and you've never had a craft beer b b before. And you really enjoy that. It's it's more you're more likely to, to then go out and try a, a, a different craft beer. And then if you try that different craft beer and you enjoy it, it's you'll you'll go on and your craft beer journey has has begun. And the beauty of craft beer and our beers is once you start down that journey, you can't go back to drinking lager, you know, or massive or mass mainstream producing lager. So that's you know our 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 bird's eye view of the in, in, industry is. You know, it's a pre-competitive view, and that that that's where we think there's a huge opportunity. Okay, how much is uh, I mean, how pragmatic is this decision to to change a craft beer? Um, you know, one of the the problems in craft beer in the past has been craft beer has been so small that I know you guys uh, through Mountain Goat have been trying to. Um, you know, get a, a loose consortium of craft brewers together to, for example, 
deal with the excise issue a long time yep. before uh, there was a recognised craft beer industry. You guys were leading that charge, and you know, resources are obviously a problem for a small for a, a group of small brewers. Um, yep. One of the great successes for the Craft Beer Industry Association is that having the James Squires and the Matilda Bays um, as, as part of the organisation gives you the resources to have a um, executive officer who is able yep. to, and you know, a, a team of people who's able to create things like the craft beer conference that we're going to see in Melbourne next yep. week. Um, and that's, you know, there, there are obviously business decisions involved in growing the CBIA to the stage that you've got the resources to advocate for, for, for craft beer. It, 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 is, is that an issue um, that, that's driving the change to, to make sure that the, the CBIA reflects a wider um, group of brewers? Sorry, I, I don't understand the question. Oh, okay. Um, you know, sorry? By, so no, so by, I, I guess um, you know, in, in uh, w when the CBIA was uh, first being launched, there was a you know a, a breakaway group who wanted to oh, yeah, um, have yeah, a very yeah. tight definition. Um, yeah. Okay. But of course, you know, that was run purely on passion. There was no resources to it. One of the yeah. things they objected to was having you know the the Matilda Bays and the James Squires yeah. um, in the association. By having them in, the CBIA has the resources to do all of this amazing work that benefits yep. everybody. Um, yep. You know, it, it, is it hard coming up with a definition that is inclusive of, of the big the, the big guys, but also captures exactly what the CBIA is trying to achieve? I think it's very hard. I mean, I, but I guess that's what we've we hope we've uh, achieved in doing in, in doing this. It's that whole issue of drawing 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 lines around. The, um, what, what, what is craft beer and what's and what's and what's not? And I think at the end of the day, well, we make up a very small percentage of the beer market, but but we're a really colourful bunch of, of girls and, and and guys, and we can't. It's very hard to to put us in a box, mm. and that's our, our our challenge. But what we do know is we're the underdogs and we're the, the little guys. At, at, you know, the vast majority of us are at least. Yeah, mate. I guess that moves us on quite nicely to the craft beer industry website that's yeah. soon to be launched, and looking very much at bringing consumers in and explaining to them what is craft beer. And in fact, that's going to be the URL: whatiscraftbeer.com.au. Yeah. Can you yeah, tell us I mean, a little bit about that? And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I mean, you guys kindly asked me to do a little bit of writing um, for yep. the site for which I was paid, so that should be uh, on, on the record. But yeah, tell us a little bit about what what is craftbeer.com.au. Yeah. Well, basically, the website goes hand hand in hand with our def, def, definition, and and it's really is a consumer facing website. It's called What Is Craft Beer, and it's really for the really aimed at the Guys and girls who are who are starting their craft beer journey, basically. So, so the broad headings are learn beer, um, like what is beer, what's hops, what's malt, and then we go into discovering styles, uh, and the beer, beer and food matching, and then a map of you know what where where these breweries are, and a link to members' websites as well. So that's that's really a, a hope. Hopefully, this is where the what is craft beer and the definition can really begin a, a conversation and a journey for, for these guys.
And uh, I mean, it's taken some uh, cues from the uh, again the um, craft beer website in the, in the United States. Uh, you, you're yep. looking at what is beer. Um, Discover styles um, covering yep. 41 broad styles of uh, beer that most people will be able to find in most bottle shops. Um, beer yep. and food, uh, breweries, um, what's new? Um, so you're going to keep people up to date. Um, who, who's it targeted? Who, who you're targeting with it? Are you targeting the beer enthusiast or the, uh, the maybe the beer newbie? I want hopefully both. I mean, but, but the, the beer newbie is a key one for, for us. And we have a stated aim to, to, to grow the, the, the segment to, to 5%. And um, by the end of, I think we've got less, less than three years now. And um, so that's key. I mean, we really have to get new drinkers on, on, on board. That, that helps all of us. So those guys are key. But also the, 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 the beer enthusiasts are, are, are also our, our, our heartland. And there's, there's going to be plenty of material in there for them as well and when's the site going to go live uh should be next 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 week okay all going well so during good beer week i hope so yes and uh, we're this, doing our best this, this might actually be uh we'll, we'll try and get this out early next week so we can uh send it live before then but sure. uh and, and what else is the CBIA, speaking of the resources that, that you guys uh, you know, are looking to, to put in place, you, you've got a, a yep. website that is uh, you know, not a cheap thing to put together. You've also putting no. together the Craft Brewers Conference uh, next week as part of uh, Good Beer Week. Yep, yep. Look, um, um, Jared Burbeck in, in, South, in South Australia is work, working on an excise wire paper which is looks 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 really good as well he's obviously a guy on the inside a little bit so um what he's got come coming is really exciting we're looking at putting on a national craft beer awards at some point um hopefully later this this year as well um the the, the, the website as we said um uh, uh, there's, there's, there's just heaps of things happening at, at, at the moment. Excellent. I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's a, an incredibly exciting time for for beer at the moment. Um, seeing the buzz and you know, we're all, even though it is only a small percentage of uh, of the total beer market, um, and you know, less than, for example, the uh, space that Corona occupies. But uh, you yeah. know, craft beer seems to be really mainstreaming or reaching the the mainstream consciousness at the moment. Oh, really? Look, that's 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 probably the most exciting part. We've 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 been involved in this, or I've been been personally involved in craft beer in Australia since the mid '90s, I, I guess. So it's coming up on on 20 years, and and it's just so it, it's so heartwarming to see the more mainstream parts of the the, the beer in the, in the industry. Um, so it's yeah, it's a, it's really an exciting time. Well, mate, it, it must be fairly energising, as you said. You know, you, you had a long Absolutely. time of uh, banging your head against walls trying to get <laughs> yep. your beer in at all, um, yep. And, yep. and and that takes a, a I guess an emotional toll. And but now you've stepped into the uh, chair of the CBIA, which is a fairly demanding role. In uh, you know, in, in addition to your own day to day brewing operations, uh, what keeps you uh, motivated um, about craft beer, or what keeps you going? Oh, I mean. Cam and I, my business, my business partner and I, feel like we're we're more inspired than we've 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 ever than we've ever been. 
But Steve, just because the word's out, it's easier to sell craft beers as these days. In the early days, we used to have to sell the concept of craft beer and then sell the concept of mountain goat beer. And it just seems like that whole first hurdle is just melting away. And I guess, and that's then where I see the industry organisations playing such a role, is really helping to drop that first hurdle away. Not for not for a small group or a select group of, of, of craft brewers, but for as many craft brewers as, as we can, because the more of us there are, the, the, the easier it'll be for, for, for all of us. And the better the, the, the beer consumer is going gonna, gonna to be for it in this country. Well, Dave, mate, thank you very much for your time today. Look forward to catching up with you in Melbourne uh, next week. Um, yep. And congratulations on all, on all you've achieved. And uh, you know, really look forward to seeing how uh, whatiscraftbeer.com.au. Great, Matt. Thanks. Thanks very much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. So there you go. Craft beer is born of a mindset, an idea between art and science executed by the dedicated skill of a brewer. What do you think? Ah, oh, the soapbox is never quite as much fun without Prof here to uh, either goad me on or talk me down. Uh, but, you know, with all of the many permutations of brewing these days, creating a definition for craft beer is just like trying to nail jelly to a wall. People are always going to find their own definition. I figure let people know what they're drinking and who makes it and who owns it and let them decide for themselves whether it's what they want. But let us know what you think. And you can do that by leaving a comment on the site uh, by email, uh, emailing me at editor at brewsnews.com.au or by Twitter at, at osbrewsnews or pretty much Google us, you will find us some way. Now, we've got another interview with uh, Paul van der Waller from AB InBev, but let's pay for some more bandwidth first. Brews News is made possible also by Brewpack, Australia's number one contract craft brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and keg beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on brewers in the brewery. Think about craft contract brewing, think Brewpack. And we thank Brewpack for getting behind us and helping us to do what we do, just as they help craft brewers do what they do. Now... On to our interview with Paul van der Waller. Paul has a pretty interesting story as Belgian brewmaster with more than 33 years experience. He now spends his days traversing the globe, ensuring that Anheuser-Busch InBev, or AB InBev to those in the know, that their beers, including Stella Artois, Budweiser and Corona, taste just as they should the world over. So let's chat to Paul van der Waller. Paul, welcome to Radio Brews News. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Paul... I guess we can start. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, uh, you, you certainly have a very responsible job within the world's largest brewer. How, do, how, how does, did you come to uh, occupy this role? Yes, um, uh, I started, I started uh, my career after uh, brewing science studies uh, in Belgium, which I have uh, fulfilled in Belgium. Uh, immediately after my studies, I started in the Stella Artois Brewery in Leuven in '81. So it's already some time ago. Uh, where I worked for a long time in the brewery, so as brewmaster in the Stellartois Brewery in Leuven. And uh, it, in the 90s, uh, Stellartois Brewery, uh, more and more breweries coming, uh, acquiring 
uh, new name Interbrew uh, was need for a kind of more uh, more a global role, and I went to the global uh, headquarters of Interbrew. Then it became InBev with uh, uh, Ambev uh, joining, uh, and then in 2009, um, uh, Bush of US. And now currently, uh, I am responsible for the uh, quality of the global brands, uh, Stella Artois, Bex, uh, Corona, and Budweiser. Um, but my whole life, I've been, I would say, very connected within the brewery, quality-related things, brewing process, and these things. And and that's a big uh, a big issue for uh, the, the international breweries consistency and, and yeah. brewing quality isn't yeah. it yes it's uh, it's my area of expertise and so I am responsible so as you know as you, as you rightly said we are brewing uh, our global brands in different breweries hmm? I will take an example of Stella Artois or Bex Stella Artois we are brewing currently in 22 breweries amongst them Lion breweries here in Sydney Bex we're brewing in 18 breweries, amongst them also uh, lying in uh, in Sydney for a long time already uh, with our partner here in in Australia. And one of the things uh, which is very important is in quality is the taste quality. So what is the most important uh, quality parameter is the taste quality. Next to the taste quality, you also have the the, the what we call the physical chemical quality, uh, color and uh, and CO2 and uh, and uh, um, uh, alcohol and rust extract and all these things, uh, which we can measure very accurately. Uh, but taste quality, of course, that we have to measure with taste panels. And we have within AB InBev a global taste panel consisting of qualified tasters. A qualified taster is someone who has uh, made a training of minimum six months and can describe very well the taste of a beer. Huh? So he knows all the different descriptors or attributes that uh, needs a beer to have. Huh? You have different attributes for Stella, you have different attributes for Bex, you have very different attributes for Budweiser, and you have different attributes for Corona. Call the in profile, uh, the attribute, the taste profile, and the in profile. All of the breweries brewing at Robo Brands need to send in every month samples that they brew last month, and these are tasted in an ongoing way in uh, in the global taste panel where we obtain a taste, a sensory report or a taste report with all the different uh, remarks on it. And this is the way why I can uh, go in, see the results, and adapt or correct a little bit the different breweries so we come to one consistent quality uh, in the uh, for, for Stella or for Bex. So it, is your aim globally that uh, Stella and Bex will taste the same when brewed in, in each and every market? I didn't get that last uh, in each in, in every in, in each and every country, uh, yes, is yes. the idea that Stella that's brewed yes. in Australia will taste yes. the same as the Stella yes. that's brewed in Belgium? Yes, of course. That is uh, that is because because when we start with a license, like for instance, I can give you the example of Stella Artois here in uh, with our partner uh, here in uh, in line in Sydney. 
So we started in uh, 2012. And uh, first of all, what I do is I go to the brewery and see what needs to be, uh, I would say, invested in new equipment in order to be able to brew our Stellar Trois. Or can be Bex or can be Budweiser. So first of all, before a, a license or brewery can brew one of our global brands, they need to have the exact good equipment. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to install additional yeast fermentation tanks. Maybe they have to uh, uh, install additional silos. Maybe they have to adapt uh, procedures and, uh, uh, in their brew house and so on, or in their fermentation uh, area. So that's only when that is available that we can ask or get, that we can ask the, our partner to say, well, I have the necessary equipment, I have done this, uh, now you can go to the next level and make trial brews. And we asked brewers to make a five-generation trial brew, five-generation trial brew, so five trial brews. Uh, a first brew is an orientation brew because... Uh, uh, if if you you brew the first time, uh, you maybe you are a little bit too high in the bitterness, you are a little bit too low in the color, or hmm? so that is to adapt for a second brew. A second brew is, should then already be more or less uh, within uh, specification, and then the third, third, the third, the fourth, and the fifth, hmm? because we are working with professional brewers uh, here with our partner in Align, uh, that should be good. And these uh, uh, trial brews are tasted and analyzed by our global panel by a global vendor within AB InBev, and it's only when it meets our requirements on taste and on all the other parameters that we can say after that period, now, now you will receive the license to start brewing, but as from then on, it's a kind of an exam that they have to go through to be able to say, well, uh, these people are, uh, are, are able now within their installations, with our recipe, with our uh, know-how, which we deliver to them, and which they, they have to apply, that take brands. But the starters, they have to send in every month samples in order to uh, to control, so that I can control their consistency uh, over the months and over the years, and also the consistency between the other breweries brewing our brand worldwide. And and. And I provide them also feedback on our observations. And as such, uh, we work together uh, with, uh, with Lion and with all other breweries because we also have own breweries, ABMF breweries brewing our brands, most of them, of course, and, and then also external partners. And that is, mo- mo- that is in fact, uh, in a natural, my role because this keeps me busy for... Uh, for, for, for uh, this, this keeps me continuously busy. Yes. And, and, and what do you say to one of the common complaints uh, that you hear in, in Australia once these brands have started to be brewed in Australia yeah. is that they don't taste like the old imports. And a lot of people seek out the what are called grey market imports, the beers that have been imported uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Belgium. Um, uh-huh. what, what do you say to people who uh, tell you that, that the beer has changed flavour? Um First of all, uh, the message that uh, we provide is a freshness message. Eh? So what we want, what we want is that the uh, consumers receive as fresh as possible uh, our brands, eh? and so that they can enjoy fresh uh, Stella Artois, fresh Bex, fresh Budweiser, fresh uh, 
which, which have, have been kept in the best circumstances and the best conditions. Um, with regards to uh, what you say, uh, uh, they, usually, indeed, if, if a beer has undergone a kind of, uh, yeah, and, and a temperature uh, was not correctly during the storage, uh, transportation, which was not under our control, uh, this is very, uh, I would say, uh, deteriorating for beer quality and for taste quality, uh, because you know that uh, aging uh, is accelerated by temperature. The temperature plays an enormous role in the aging process. And the longer you expose beer to uh, a higher temperatures, the quicker it will be uh, aged and aged taste uh, yeah, the the the, it, the beer will taste um, uh, bready, papery-like, uh, cardboard uh, taste coming out, uh, whiny, uh, dull tastes, uh, also kind of uh, overripe fruit, what we call. So, and this is not a given, a fresh, a fresh uh, uh, thing. So, our message is, yeah, please, uh, if if you go and if you uh, will enjoy a beer, please go to the regu regular uh, channels, to the youngest and the freshest beer, which was under control of our, uh, either us or our partner. Uh, because it doesn't mean locally brewed or imported can also be good as long as the supply chain and the logistics are, uh, under, the, under, are under control. Uh, so if we export, and uh, because we also export, uh, Lion is also exclusive uh, importer of uh, several of our brands, other brands. So if if the supply chain is under our control, if we control it, then we know exactly, uh, because we have specifications on temperature during transport. We know with the ships that we put the containers uh, 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 in, in those areas where uh, it's not exposed to very high temperatures and so on. So this is under our control. Once it arrives here, it's immediately under control of Lion. Huh? Taken in the warehouses, we have specifications on the warehouses. We uh, work with, uh, with uh, uh, Lion to guarantee that the freshness is uh, kept up to date. And so then it's not a problem. So either locally brewed or distribute but if it is imported under control then uh, it depends a little bit on the philosophy of the brand whether you brew it locally or you uh, import it but the main thing is that it's always be under control huh? it's uh, under our quality control and that is the main we're, thing we're, if something uh, and, and, and as such we can guarantee the freshest uh, beer when you say that the um that the philosophy of the brand uh, affects whether it's brewed locally or in internationally. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, when, for example, Stella Artois, which is very much identified with Belgium, is brewed yeah. in Australia, do you think that takes away from the brand? That that, that um, leads people to think that the brand is less authentic when it's brewed in Australia? No, no, because uh, because the main thing is not the location. The main thing is the recipe. Huh? Is the recipe mm -hmm. of the of the brand, and this is. Uh, this is the most important thing. We uh, we brewing according to the recipe, which was the original recipe, and whether where it is brewed is uh, is, is less of an, of an important. Of course, it's uh, it's on the label, huh? 
but uh, mm-hmm. but the uh, recipe is the most important thing. It well, is when you say you brew to the sorry, when, when you say you brew to the original recipe, uh, the, the recipe uh, for Stella has changed over the years, hasn't it? It's become a little bit less bitter over time. Um, the uh, the recipe, recipes evolve uh, always a little bit in order to uh, I would say to to meet the need of the market. Uh, but in yes. in in but a recipe. What I mean with the recipe, the recipe hasn't changed uh, because the recipe. What I mean with the recipe is the uh, the quality of the ingredients. Uh, the quality of the ingredients are still uh, do not change. Mm-hmm. The brewing diagram do not change. The fermentation diagram is not changing. The yeast type that we are using, uh, for instance, if in the case of Stella Artois, but also in the case of Vec, the yeast type that we are cha- that we are using is still the same yeast. And we are taking very care of that, uh, as uh, as we started with Stella Artois brewing in uh, 1926. So, in in fact, this is not uh, changing. So the 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 recipe is in fact not changing. But the flavour profile has changed over you know even over the, the last 15 or 20 years, hasn't it? No, uh, that I would not say because we are monitoring the. Um, I would say the uh, the taste quality on an ongoing basis, and uh, there uh, we uh, we do not. Uh, I would say we we do not see uh, a big difference. No, no. It, it is, something. is there a difference between taste quality and flavour profile, though? Because uh, Stella is is less bitter than it was, uh, say, ten years ago, isn't it? As the the market changes and as yeah. the market seeks different. Yeah, if you if you take over a longer time, uh, then uh, then uh, uh, then you may uh, then then there is uh, definitely a trending towards uh, uh, towards I would say adaptation uh, to the to the requirements of the of the uh, of the beer uh, of the beer drinkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is yeah, this is something which is coming from the market. This is market information. Mm. Yes. This is not really in my domain of expertise to say, well, ah, these are trending and okay. So, with um, the, the beers brewed over here, how difficult is it when, for example, uh, Stella was uh, brewed by CUB um, up until uh, 2012 and now it's brewed by Lion? How hard is it for you to maintain consistency as uh, the, the beer moves from brewery to brewery? No, as it, 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 the consistency is uh, remains because, uh, as I explained to you earlier, we have a very strict procedure in uh, in I would say giving the license to uh, an, uh, a brewery uh, to brew our brand. So we are sure the moment that we uh, that we go to a brewery and the quality that comes out, our procedures are in place to guarantee the. That the taste is, is is the same than before. That is not a big problem. That is because we have our what we say internally. Our cross brewing procedures are in place to guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Is is a beer such as Corona brewed uh, elsewhere than Mexico, or is it still just brewed in Mexico? Uh, Corona is uh, only brewed in Mexico so far. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there plans to, uh, to 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 brew it internationally? I cannot answer the, to this question because um, I'm not I'm not involved in these kinds of discussions.
Right. My, okay. my, my, um, job, my job is uh, once there is a decision, make it as concede according to standards. Yep. How, how important... How important is it uh, is the water source uh, when you move? Uh, one of the things I hear a lot from beer drinkers is I, yeah. I want to know that I'm drinking Belgian water, yeah. for example. How important is that? Uh, water, water is an essential part of beer, as you know. But water, water is very easy. The specification we have uh, in our what we call technical manual, where uh, the water, uh, what we require to sell our bags. What we buy, what the specifications, huh? because water, what is what water is H2O plus a lot of minerals, minerals like uh, calcium and uh, magnesium and other uh, uh, sodium in it, and, and uh, or cations and anions, uh, and sulfates and uh, chlorides, phosphates, and this is uh, in different compositions. Right? If you are saying uh, or people saying, yeah, it's different water, then it's it's because there are different mineral compositions. The mineral compositions are very easy to, uh, I would say, to make to a certain specification. In uh, water, uh, water adaptations is not so big thing in uh, brewery. So, so whether it is brewed in uh, Lyon here in Sydney and they use the water, or it is brewed in, I'm going to say, in Israel, in Ashkelon, or in uh, in Algeria and Anaba, the water can be very made easily to our specifications. With some treatment, that's not a problem. It's usually at the hardness of the water, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about the hardness and the uh, the alkalinity, which is playing a very important role. The rest is not so important, and that is very easy to make to to uh, to our specifications. So no, that's not a that's not a big issue. Absolutely not. Okay. I guess the last question I should ask is uh, how are your Australian brewers going uh, brewing your beers? How do you, you uh, give them feedback? Um, yeah. No doubt you're meeting with them on, on your trip here. How, what, what's the feedback that you're giving them uh, on this trip? Uh, my feedback on this trip? Uh, yes. My feedback on this trip is uh, that, uh, yeah, as, as, uh, as we say, in the, uh, my Australian brewers in Lyon, they are very professional brewers, so I work here with very professional, uh, with very professional partner. We have a very good uh, partnership with them. Uh, so we are discussing very openly uh, on on things. And uh, for the moment, uh, I, I can tell you that we are very pleased with uh, with the quality uh, that they uh, produced on Stella Twain uh, or Brut on Stella Twain on Bex. So my my feedback is positive. Wonderful. Yeah. Paul van der Waller, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Brews News. Thank you very much. And that was Paul van der Waller. Well, there you go, a solo show. But Prof and I will be back together again next episode with some more interesting guests. And thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell someone. If you don't, just keep it to yourself. Until next time, remember to drink widely and drink well and drink less and drink better. And thank you for joining us on Radio Brews News. As Prop would say, strike up a band. Roll out the barrel.